David W. Palmer Romans 8 2 DKJV For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has liberated and exempted me from the law of sin and death. In physics, laws help us to make measurable predictions that allow us to work effectively in the natural world. Through these laws, we can harness predictable forces so precisely that we can make airplanes, cars, appliances, electronics, and machinery that work the same way every time. These laws have always existed, but they were of no use to us until we discovered the formula that governs them. For example, once the formula for the law of gravity was understood, the velocity of falling items could be predicted. When the laws of motion were discovered and their formula recognized, all the guesswork was taken out of predicting motion, of the solar system for example. Perhaps the law of the spirit of life is like the laws of physics, in that if we understand this law, we can see how to walk consistently in a manifestation of God's holy power in our lives. Is there a formula to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? Is there a way to understand and predict the function of this law and therefore, to be able to release its power predictably? If we can understand it like architects understand the laws of engineering, if we can see how to achieve predictable and reliable outcomes, we can build a holy life, knowing that the foundation is safe, secure, and reliable. If the formula that governs this law is absolute and repeatable, we can use it confidently, knowing exactly what the outcomes will be every time we use it, just like we are confident in the laws harnessed in our cars that make them perform exactly the same way every day. In answering this, the Apostle Paul spells out how to operate in the law of the spirit of life predictably and successfully. Let's read on in Romans 8, to learn what he discovered. To begin, we first look a little further along in his line of reasoning, by jumping down to verse 12 to see where he is headed in his explanation. Romans 8 12-14 DKJV, Therefore, brothers, we are debtors, under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, 13, for if you live according to the flesh you are at the point of dying, but if by the Spirit you kill the deeds of the body, you will live, eternally. 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I love verse 13, where Paul says that if by the Spirit you kill the deeds of the body, you will live. He is clear in confirming that the Holy Spirit is the only force or power great enough to subdue the flesh, certainly, our willpower is not able to do this. Paul's whole argument in chapters 7 and 8 is that our willpower is not able to subdue the sinful tendencies of the flesh, no matter how educated we are in God's law, and no matter how much we agree with it. Our will cannot do it, but thankfully, Paul says that the Spirit can. So how do we get this infinite power of holiness to be active and in ascendancy in our lives? Let's read Paul's whole answer. Romans 8 1-14 DKJV there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk in the flesh, but in the Spirit. 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has liberated and exempted me from the law of sin and death. 3. For what is impossible for the law to do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, for, so that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk in the flesh but in the Spirit. 5. For they that are after the flesh have their mind on the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 7. Because the carnal mind is hostile towards God, it is not subject to the law of God, for it is not even able to do otherwise. 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. 9. However, you are not in the flesh, 
but in the Spirit, if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. 11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. 12. Therefore, brothers, we are debtors, under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. 13. For if you live according to the flesh you are at the point of dying, but if by the Spirit you kill the deeds of the body, you will live, eternally. 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Note again that verses 1, 4, and 14 say that one of the conditions to activating the law of the Spirit of life is to be led by the Holy Spirit, and to walk in the Spirit. The meaning of this may be intuitively obvious to some degree, but we need deeper understanding to ensure that we can succeed in fulfilling this requirement all the time. Living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit refer in part to the things we have already discussed, humbly and obediently following His nudges and prompts, imitating Him through loving relational closeness with Him, hearing and seeing things with Him then doing them, conceiving His plans, purposes and intentions in our hearts, or spiritual wombs, and birthing them, walking in the works prepared for us. It is about surrendered worship and yielding to His role of being our Lord. It is about love, romance, praise, closeness and intimacy in a fully yielded relationship of worshipful surrender. Therefore, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus depends on us walking in the Spirit, and being led by God's Spirit of holiness. If we do this, we can enjoy freedom from the law of sin and death. What's more, this is the only way to enjoy this freedom. Galatians 5:16 NKJV, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What else does Paul say? In verse 11, Paul says that he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. This confirms that it is the Holy Spirit, and only the Holy Spirit, who has the actual power needed to overwhelm the flesh and its addiction to sin. In verses 4-6, the Apostle Paul brings in another concept, he talks about being spiritually minded. Paul explains that this is the essential part of activating the law of the Spirit of life in our favor. Why is this so important? Because we do not live by what we instantly see as true in God's Word, we actually live by our perception of what is true. We become what Paul calls spiritually minded, when our perception is changed to believe what God believes. Perception is defined as the neurological process of observation and interpretation. Our perception of what is true is formed by not only what we observe, but by our interpretation of it. For example, the absolute truth of God's Word says that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus, 1 Peter 2:24. But because of our experience, what we have been taught, and what we see on TV, etc., we struggle to act healed when symptoms assail our body, our perception still believes that the state of our health is determined by medical facts of what we see and feel, not what we believe from the Bible. This is why becoming spiritually minded is so important in living a holy life. We need to change our whole perception of reality, we need to change what we deeply perceive as true. This is a lot more profound and challenging than simply giving mental assent to it, while focusing on it intellectually. We live subconsciously out of the deeply held beliefs and perceptions that have formed in us from childhood. To change them, we need to invest time, effort and attention. How do we go about this? After all, we do not want to say we believe God's Word, but then not be able to live it because our subconscious perception of reality does not line up with it. If we try this, 
We will have the exact dilemma Paul described in Romans 7, he agreed that the law is good and that he should obey it, but he couldn't work out how to get his flesh to comply, willpower wasn't strong enough. The Holy Spirit revealed to Paul that he would have to walk in the Spirit and be spiritually minded. Our next studies are devoted to understanding how to become spiritually minded. But today, let's bring ourselves to the full realization that to walk in all that God promises, including radical holiness and divine works, we need to walk in the Spirit. This is the only way to activate the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law that sets us free from condemnation, and brings us to holy and faith-filled living that pleases God and produces fruit.